Welcome to Pathway to Faith with Bishop Steve Howe. Turn your expectations high as you receive the word from our man of God. Prepare yourself to hear a life-changing message. Let's tune in now. Let's go ahead with our nuggets this morning. The title of the message is The Best is Yet to Come. You can change your life. Say that. I can change my life. Come on, say, I can change my life. Come on, say it like you believe it. And you know that's the truth? You can change your life. And I don't know a person who's listening to me today that doesn't need a change in some area of their lives. And you have the power to make the change. Ooh, Jesus. I said, you have the power to make that change today If you'll only step out in faith. Give me nugget number one, please. Uh, You know I have the reputation, so I'm going to live up to it, uh, being the nugget man. So praise God. There's a whole lot of things that can leave you, so that's not a bad one to have, especially when it's a nugget of truth. When you fight, come on, read with me, church. When you fight change or refuse to change, you stop your passage from one place to another. Ooh, Jesus. So if you're poor, you'll never be financially successful until you make up your mind that you're willing to change. Ooh, Jesus. No matter how good it is, if you want to do better, you can never go to a better place until you're willing to change your mind. Are you listening to me? When you fight change, and it seems as though in our natural humanness that we fight change. Even when somebody brings change into our lives to change our lives for the better. You see, if you're not careful, you can get used to dysfunction. Are are you listening to me? Uh, You you can be broke so long that you've learned how to live in Lodabar. But God is calling you out of Lodabar today. Glory to God. God wants you blessed so you can be a blessing. Look at nugget number two. Life is made up of seasons. Life is made up of seasons. Nugget number three. Nugget number three. Natural seasons are visible pictures of God's will for our spiritual lives. Natural seasons. Anybody know about natural seasons? They are visible pictures of what God's will is for our spiritual lives. Nugget number four, change is my friend. Glory to God. Change is my friend. Uh, They said one of the significant attributes of people who are prosperous and people who are in poverty is that prosperous people have learned how to become comfortable in being uncomfortable. They learned how to be comfortable not intimidated by being in an environment that makes you uncomfortable. Are are you listening to me? Nugget number five. Change comes to take you to a new level. Anybody want to go to a new level? Can't happen without change. Sometimes when people walk out of your life is a sign that your season is getting ready to change. See, you're crying over something 
that is only indicative of the fact that God is getting ready to do something fresh, new, and different in your life. How many are willing and ready to go to the next level? Well, you see, whenever you go from one level of life to another level of life, there's always going to be somebody you can't take with you. It's going to always be somebody you cannot take with you. And if you don't pass that test, you'll find yourself staying, staying on that lower level because you're unwilling to give up something that you need to let go of. Can somebody say amen? What nugget are we on? Nugget number what? Nugget number five? Let, let's read it again. Change comes to take you, take us, to a new level. Uh, I believe ministries today are being challenged. I was talking with a pastor the other day, and he said the Lord spoke to him, and boy, it resonated with me. He said the Lord told him because he had opened the church service, and he noticed that some of the people were not there. And then he come to discover that some people pretty much, I guess, communicated or letter or whatever, that, that they were not coming back. And he said, uh, the Lord told him, he said, don't be disturbed by those who are not coming back. He said, develop those who are there. And as you develop those who are there, God says, I'm going to release a fresh new harvest in that church. Glory to God. Are you, are you listening to me? So, so whenever God gets ready to move you from one level or church, sometimes there's a pruning. A pruning and... My God, has there been a pruning in the last year or so? Are you Here's the thing that I, I would share with the pastor. I said, I don't mind if somebody feels like, you know, God has called them away from our church to go to another church. I, I really don't trip out over that. Because a lot of cases, they came from somebody's church sometime when they come here. So I was happy when they came here. <laughs> It was the will of God when they came here. Are you following me? So, so I don't stress over that. I said, but my challenge is, is the people as a result of this pandemic who have literally completely and totally turned their backs on God. I mean, are just flat out no longer walking with God. Don't believe anymore the sovereignty of this book. That God is who he says he is. That during the pandemic, something happened that drained the God life out of them. Did you hear what I said? Something happened. Not COVID, but just the absence of fellowship or whatever drained the God factor out of their lives. And then the Bible talks about this great falling away. And I was telling the church, well, if it's going to be a falling away, it can't be a falling away of sinners. Sinners are already away. Ooh, Jesus. Uh, nugget number six, please. Change requires knowledge and honesty. Change, come on, say it with me. Change requires knowledge and honesty. Knowledge. And honesty. Can I say something without you all getting offended? And, 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 and I'm, not, I'm not knocking people who protest, you know, because there are times when, you know, we need to protest perhaps and, you know, walk around 
and you know, sing songs or whatever. And I, I'm, I'm not against that. But, but, but uh, that, that's not, particularly African-Americans in this country, uh, uh, your real enemy is not Washington, D.C. <laughs> Can you all handle this? And I say this with all sincerity. And, and your problem is not what happened to your, our forefathers and mothers in slavery. And we can no longer use that as an excuse. The reason so many African-Americans are still poor is because they lack knowledge. And then some get knowledge, but they're lazy. Okay, I didn't think it would go over. That's about as much enthusiasm I thought I'd get when I came up to say it. Are you all listening to me? And, and everybody needs help. What did I say? Everybody needs help every now and then. But staying on welfare will shut your creativity down. And, it, and it's the wrong model to model before your children. It, it will take all of the fire out of, out of your house to do for yourself. Are, are you listening to me? It, it's hard to do for yourself when you know there's going to be a check every month in, 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 the, in the mail. But notice, it's never enough to get you where you need to go. It's just enough to keep you waiting for the next first of the month or end of the month. And if you're not careful, years of your life will have expired. Waiting on the government to do something that God has already given you the power to do for yourself. I, I didn't get excited about that, Jesus. Uh, uh, change requires what? Knowledge and honesty. Nugget number seven. Change requires discipline and purposeful action. Change requires what? Discipline and purposeful, purposeful action. You have to, if you're going to be successful in this life as a Christian, period, you have to learn how to engage in delayed satisfaction. In other words, you have to put off certain things that are tempting you to spend your money and hold back for a better day. Are, are you all listening to me? My, my wife will attest to this. Uh, uh, I will take money and invest it. And then I will let the investment gener generate enough income over a period of years or so, and I'm okay with it. But over a period of years, that investment would have generated enough interest or increase that I can take the money off of what I've earned or what I've invested and pay cash for something where in reality it didn't cost me a thing. Are you all listening to me? But to engage in that kind of activity, activity you have to be disciplined. You have to be disciplined so that you can take advantage of things that are afforded to us if we have knowledge about them. So you need knowledge, but you also need discipline. Yes? You need discipline and purposeful action. 
So if you're going to do better, it's not enough for me to stand up here and say change is coming to your life if you're not willing to engage in discipline and engage in purposeful action. Are you all listening to me today? It's not just going to happen. There's a Godward side to everything God wants to do in your life, and there's a manward side to everything that God wants to do in your life. Can somebody say amen to this truth? Now let's go to Psalms 55. Psalms 55. The book of Psalms, chapter 55. And let's look together at verse number 19. It's kind of blowing my papers. Uh, 55, verse 17. Are you there? Psalms 55. Ooh, this is powerful. Look at verse, I'm not 17, but look at verse number 19. Are you there? Listen to this. God will hear and afflict them, even he who abides from of old. Why? Because they do not what? Come on, come on, talk to me. Because they do not what? Come on, read it out loud. Because they do not what? Because they do not change. Therefore, they do not fear God. Oh, Jesus. To fear God, a reverential fear, is to change. To, to be more like Jesus is to change. To be more like Christ is to change. To fulfill the call of God on your life means that you're willing to change. And sometimes that change is a willingness to let go of things that you were taught that were contrary to Scripture. I mean, I've had people look me in the face, stand flat-footed, and say, Pastor Howe, I respect you, but I don't care what you say. I don't care what the Bible says. This is the way I was taught. And I'm like, but this is what God says. But that's not the way I was taught. I said, hold on. It's not important the way you were taught and I was taught if it was wrong. I said, this is what God said. They looked me in the face and said, I don't care what the Bible says. This is the way I was taught and walk off. I'm not changing. This is the way I am. Whoever's going to accept me, they have to accept me the way that I am. No, we don't. But let's, let's move on. Because they do not change, therefore, they do not fear God. Again, nugget number one was when you fight change or refuse to change, you stop your passage from one place to another. Oh, God. Now, let's go to Ecclesiastes. I got one more verse, chapter and verse I want to share with you, but I want to go to Ecclesiastes. Go to Ecclesiastes real quick. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, familiar passage of scripture, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, and I'm going to say something that may rattle your religion a little bit, but it's okay. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, you should be there now. Look at verse number 1. It's on the screen. Ready? Read. Come on. Ready? Read. Stop right there. Ready? Read. Stop right there. Ready? Read. To, to everything, there is a season 
To how many things? Can I come and talk to you for a second? What season of your life, when you look at your life, whenever you get to that part of the year, uh, it, it's, it always seems like that's a challenging time of the year for you. What time of year have you discovered about your life as you go through the cycles of life? What time of the year does, uh, of, or what month of the year or months of the year that it seems like doing that particular month or time of the year or the season that seems like whatever you put your hands to, it prospers? If you take the time to look at your life, you will see that there's a rhythm. There is, there's a rhythm to your life. Oh, Jesus. There's a rhythm to your life. Because life is a rhythm. Everything is a rhythm. So when you look at your life, what, what time of the year typically does somebody fresh, new, and blessing uh, comes into your life? What time of the year, uh, it, it, though it seems when you look at your life, typically around this time is the time when I can really sense that uh, there's, there's, a, there's a real spiritual battle for me to go forward or to do anything that, that God is, uh, is this helping anybody? I notice this time of the year is usually the time of the year when my marriage comes under attack. I notice not every day, not every month, but usually around this time of the year or season, I get bombarded in my mind about thoughts of things that I shouldn't be considering. You see, Satan doesn't fight you all the time. He has seasons that he attacks you. That's why you can be going along and doing well and all of a sudden, whoops, there it is. Something you wasn't even thinking about. Tried to knock you over. But it ain't every day. It's only during that season. You see, life is, a, is consistent of season. Uh, uh, you can't grow apples in the wintertime. But you can grow apples, yes? But you can't grow them in the winter. Why? It's, come on, girl. It's, it's not the season. Well, it's just like you trying to go forward in an area that, that, that you need to go forward. Is that the season to try? Because if that's not the season to try, you're just spinning your wheels. Because it's not the season yet for you to go forward. So now the challenge becomes you have to walk in discernment so you'll know the seasons. Because there's a season to till the ground. There's a season to plant the seed. There's a season to reap a harvest. Oh, Jesus. So you're discouraged of not reaping a harvest when it's the season for planting the seed. So when it comes to your family, not just a marriage, your family, you, if you'll look closely, there's a season, there's a certain time period where it seems like that your family comes under attack. And it's not 12 days or 12 months out of the year. It's a season where the devil raises his head against your house. Oh, Jesus. When, when Satan came to Jesus and tempted him, yes? 
And Jesus said, it is written. It is written. It is written. Yes. And then the Bible says, and Satan, Lucifer, left him for a season. That means he's coming back. And when he came back, he took him to the cross. Oh, Jesus. So what season are you in? I prophesy over you today that today you have stepped into a new season. Glory to God. Two people got it. I take that back. More people got it because people at home are doing cartwheels while you're standing here looking at me like a cow looking at a new gate. Mm -hmm. I prophesy again. I prophesy over you today. Listen to me. I don't care how good it is. It's not God's best. For those of you who are sitting here today and think you got it going on, you got it going on, but there's some more that need to go on. Are you listening to me? Ooh, Jesus. I'm telling you by the Spirit of God, God says everything the devil has stolen, it is your season to get it all back. Glory to God. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah to God. Hallelujah to God. Let, let, please have a seat. Let, let's move on. To everything, there is a season. Put up uh, Ecclesiastes again, chapter 3, verse number 1. Ecclesiastes, chapter 3, verse number 1. To everything, there's a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. Look what it says, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to be plucked, what is planted, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to be break down, a time to build up, a time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to mourn, a time to dance, Ooh, a time to, <laughs> y'all missed that, a time, to, a time to laugh and a time to mourn, a time to dance, uh, y'all missed it again, a time to mourn, uh, a time to dance, uh, yeah, y'all missed that again, all right, that's slow class. A, a time to cast away stones, a time to gather stones, a time to embrace, a time to refrain from embracing, a time to gain, a time to lose, a time to keep, a time to throw away, a time to feel, a tear, a time uh, to sow, a time uh, to keep silent, a time to keep silent, a time to keep silent, and a time to speak, a time to love, and a time to hate, a time of war, and a time of peace. And Solomon said to everything, okay, now let's, 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 let's delve into some theological understanding. What Solomon wrote here was his truth, wasn't God's truth. Solomon was really speaking from the influence that had, had impacted his life from paganism. Are you all following me? He had, he had all this money. He had, uh, he had what, 600, huh? Six, 600 wives, 300, con well, he had 1,000 women. Let's just put it like that. Some of them were his wives, and, and the rest of them he was shacking up with them. 1,000. He had all, he was the richest man that has ever lived on the planet to this day. There, there, there's no fleshly desire 
that, that he would think of that he could not uh, bring it to pass. And Solomon gets to the end of his life and he said, all of his vanity, all the Louis Vuittons, all the Dooney Burks, all the hill fear, all, all of what you are dying to have, all the Lexus, all the Rolexes, all the Timexes, all the EXs, all the Bentleys, all the Roses, all, all the Volkswagens, I'm going to find you, all the Mazdas, driving yourself or having somebody chauffeur you around, living in an apartment, living in a flat, living in a bungalow, or living in a mansion. He gets to the end, and he said, it's all vanity. In other words, he was saying, everything that I thought would bring me pleasure, when I finally got it, I found myself still empty. Everything you're chasing when you get it, if you don't have Jesus, you won't be satisfied. And so now Solomon says, he says, Every, to everything there's what? There's, there's, a, there's a season. He was embracing a philosophy at that time that was birthed out of paganism. And that's how he wrote what he wrote. Today we would call it Buddhism or the philosophy. And some of you know people who live by this philosophy that what will be, will be. If God want me to have it, I'm going to get it. So it don't make any difference what I do. And if I don't get it, that just means God didn't want me to have it. That's, that's the philosophy that Solomon had embraced that was birthed out of paganism. And he was saying, in essence, that no matter what you do, uh, there's a time and a season for you to get certain things. Well, y'all getting quiet on me now. He was, he was, he was really uh, 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 elaborating on a philosophy that had become real popular, particularly in America today. And they use that philosophy in many cases to uh, come to a position that they don't need God or the church or the people of God. That you don't have to go to church to be saved. You don't have to go to church to be saved. No, you don't have to go to church to be saved. But you're going to have a hard walk of staying saved without the fellowship of the brothers and the sisters in Christ. God said it. I didn't say it. And so they're embracing this philosophy so that they don't have to obey God. That whatever God, whatever's for, they don't even say God. They'll just say, whatever's for me is for me. And whatever's not for me, I guess I just won't get it. They don't even understand it. They're engaging in the elementary mindset of Buddhism. Because in the kingdom of God, there are some things that God has for you, and if you don't appropriate the proper principles, you will never enjoy it. The will of are you, are you listening to me? The will of God for your life does not automatically come to pass. 
because you have a will, it's not God's will for you to die today, but you can get up out of this church and go out on I-435 and just start walking down the center lane and we'll be, uh, we'll be celebrating your funeral. And then some ignorant preacher will stand over the casket and say, you know, God, you know, wanted this precious flower and God, God don't need any flowers in heaven. Are you listening to me? The will of God does not automatically come to pass for your life. How many of you love God? How many of you were saved? How many of you are saved? Okay, can you all fix this? Certainly, you already knew what the problem was. Yeah, y'all said I was sweating. Okay, you just want to be on camera two weeks in a row. All right, okay. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. Are you coming back? Praise the Lord. All right. The will of God does not automatically. I wish somebody would have taught me that when I was a little boy in Sunday school. That the will of God for my life does not automatically come to pass. And it doesn't for yours. If you don't cooperate with God, what God desired to happen in your life will never happen. And if you think otherwise, then you're embracing this pagan philosophy that you can do what you want to do, go where you want to go, and say what you want to say, and God's will is still going to manifest in your life. That's a lie. I said that's a lie. God's will for Jesus was that he would die and shed his blood so that we could be redeemed, yes? But his will didn't automatically come to pass. If Jesus had never gone to the Garden of Gethsemane, I doubt very seriously if you and I would have salvation. Because it was in the Garden that Jesus got victory over his flesh. And he didn't pray one time. He didn't pray two times. Come on, y'all know how flesh is? Y'all know how flesh is? He prayed three times. And it's clear from Scripture, on the third time, he got a breakthrough on the will of his father. And he said, out of his mouth. Why? Because out of the abundance of a heart, the mouth will speak. And he said, Father, not my will, but your will be done. But prior to getting there, he asked the father, he said, God, father, is there another way we can do this? Wow, what an amazing message. Thank you for listening to our Pathway to Faith broadcast. If you're ever in the Kansas City metro area, join Bishop and Dr. Howe at Harvest Church International Outreach, 4300 North Corrington Avenue, Kansas City, Missouri, 64117. Or catch our services live online at www.harvestchurchkc.org. Be blessed.